You're listening to the Common Cozy Podcast. Practical advice for insomniacs, bedtime thinkers, and people who just need to calm the F down. I'm Beth, your sleep ritual and stress management coach. I'm also an artist, avid crocheter, expert napper, and an advocate for leggings to finally be classified as pants. If you're looking for a little less busyness and more rest, you've come to the right podcast. Hi, I'm Beth Wyatt. Welcome to my very first podcast episode. I'm sitting here at my desk in my ugly pants and my favorite slippers and thanking my lucky stars that podcasts aren't done over live video. I want to talk to you today about my sleep story. I want to give you a little history behind why I got into sleep coaching and how changing my sleep habits changed my life. I want my podcast to be educational and somewhat entertaining, so I'm going all in. This is me, and I hope you like it. If you do, please give me a glowing review on iTunes once I figure out how to actually get on iTunes. If you don't like it, just stop listening and don't ever say a word about this to anyone. I first became fascinated with sleep when I took a coaching certification course in sleep sciences. I was actually pursuing a career as a wellness coach when I found the sleep coaching course, and I took it because I wanted to improve my own sleep. I've always been a great napper, but not a great sleeper. I'm not a high anxiety person by day, but by night I definitely am. I was proud to call myself a night owl, and it was common for me to crawl into bed well after midnight because I was busy working on a creative project. No matter how tired I was, I would spend an hour or more in bed, wide awake, my mind racing like crazy. My brain's favorite topics were conversations I had had earlier that day that didn't end how I wanted them to. Bedtime was my brain's chance to relive those conversations, making sure I won them this time around. I also did a lot of pondering of deep topics such as the meaning of life, how it would feel for my soul to live on after I died, and how would I ever admit to my ex that I stole his blender and then broke it. When I finally did fall asleep, it was pretty restless. If I woke up in the middle of the night, it was game over for me. Time to relive another conversation for my day, or sing a song to the beat of a ticking clock on the wall. I believe I was a night owl for so long because being in bed was so stressful for me. Why would I put aside whatever project I was working on just to lie in bed wide awake and worrying about my soul in the afterlife? I had better things to do, like crocheting a hat or binge-watching House of Cards. Before I became a sleep ritual coach, I worked in creative jobs. I painted houses and furniture and murals. I guess I shouldn't be surprised that I work in the sleep industry now. There are a lot of expert nappers in my family. Some can nap on a hardwood floor in the middle of a noisy room. Others prefer to fall asleep 10 minutes into an action movie, complete with bobbing heads and gaping mouths. The really hardcore family members will change into their pajamas and get into their bed for their naps. My greatest napping accomplishment to date would have to be the time I snuck away from a backyard wedding, found a couch in the basement, and had the maid of honor cover me with an enormous blanket. Guests kept coming in and out to use the basement washroom and they didn't even know I was there. Half an hour later, I was ready to join the party. I wonder if anyone wondered where the pillow creases on my face came from. I have one more napping story, and this is one I'm quite proud of. 
It was the weekend of my grandpa's funeral, but that's not the part I'm proud of. The funeral was out of town, and my family was staying with my aunt and uncle in their one-bedroom apartment. I was sharing living room space with my brother and our cousin. One of us was on the couch and the other two on the floor. I don't sleep well on the floor as it is, but the craziness and just the emotion of that weekend left me incredibly sleep-deprived. It was one afternoon during a family gathering, and a big handful of relatives were crowded into my aunt's living room, chatting, laughing, eating pickled things out of jars, which is what Romanians do, apparently. I was sitting quietly, fantasizing about where I would nap, even though there was not a square inch of soft surface available for me to lie down on. I know I was exhausted because it didn't take long for me to scope out that brown pleather storage bench sitting quietly against the back wall. It was about four feet long and about two feet wide. If I curled into the fetal position tight enough, I could fit. And I did. I grabbed a cross-stitch cushion off the couch, curled like I was going back into my mother's womb and made it happen. The room was full and noisy, and I slept gloriously. Most satisfying nap I've ever had, and it's probably because I worked so hard for it. But enough nap stories. Let's talk more about me. My sleep today is completely different than one year ago. I love sleep. I pride myself on being the person in the room who's always up for a dance party, but also the first one most likely ready for bed. I love my bed, and I love being warm and cozy. I actually get into bed every night and let out a happy sigh. I can fall asleep in one position and wake up seven hours later in exactly the same position. I'm not saying this to brag, even though I kind of am, but just to say that you are not doomed to sleep crappily for the rest of your life. There is hope. Crappily is a word, right? My sleep did not improve because of one big life-altering change. It was a combination of many small, realistic shifts. The first things I did? I stopped drinking caffeinated drinks after 1pm because it was blocking melatonin production and preventing me from falling asleep. I also installed blue light filters on my devices, so the light emitted from the screen didn't keep me awake at night. Going to bed around the same time every night and getting up around the same time every morning regulated my body's 24-hour clock, and I started waking up mere seconds before my alarm would go off. This also helped me to feel sleepy around the same time every evening. My blog and my social media posts go further into all of these things and more. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at sleepcoachbeth and on my blog at bethwyattcoaching.com. I give a lot of free content on a daily and weekly basis. My mom says my posts are very informative and dozens of strangers agree. I was reminded today of a conversation I had years ago. It made me realize just how suited I am to this sleep and stress management gig. In my mid-twenties, I wrote one exam 11 times to get a life insurance license. That should have been a sign right there that maybe it wasn't the right career for me, but I persisted and I finally passed on my 12th try. I really enjoyed the people part of the job. Going to their houses, drinking tea, scratching their cats' heads. It was the selling life insurance part I wasn't so good at. I often ended appointments with, thanks for meeting me. If you want to buy some insurance, you can, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Needless to say, my new gig wasn't going well for me, and I ended up sitting in the office of my regional manager, embarrassed to admit defeat, and informing him that I was leaving to start a new full-time retail job. 
Paul said something to me that I will never forget. He said, Beth, to be good in sales, you have to be good at making people feel uncomfortable about where they're at and make them want to move forward. I think you're having a hard time selling because you make people feel comfortable. I suppose the kick-ass businesswoman response would have been to stand up tall, straighten my suit jacket, and exclaim, I can do this, make me a saleswoman. Or the horrified failure in me could have just started crying into my hands. Instead, I felt like I had been given a gift. I love that I made people feel comfortable, and I didn't want to change who I was. I just needed a different job. It was like a weight had been lifted. I felt so relieved and so grateful for those words. I make people feel comfortable. I know this story really has nothing to do with sleep, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I started this business so I could help people live their best life. Making sleep a priority creates a ripple effect, and you'll find yourself feeling better with more time and energy to go after the life that you want. I have this question that I ask a lot in my business. What life could you be living if you weren't tired all the time? Before I made sleep a priority, I was tired all the time. I was sleeping as late as possible before rushing out the door to my job. I had very little energy to do anything beyond what was required to function. My free time was spent napping. I had all these big goals and dreams of the life I wanted to have someday if I could just keep my eyes open. When my sleep improved, I became a morning person. Yes, after 30 years of being a night owl, I suddenly became a lark. I now set my alarm for 5.30 a.m., even though I don't have to be out of the house till 9. My mornings are my favorite time to work on my business and my creative projects. I'm smarter in the morning. I get my best ideas before everyone else in my house is awake. I would not be here recording this episode if my sleep had not been made a priority. I would probably still be sleeping somewhere on a brown pleather storage bench. Sleep affects every aspect of our lives, and yet hardly anyone is talking about it. Everyone talks about eating clean and going gluten-free and getting in your 10,000 steps a day, but when is get more sleep part of the equation? If you name any health problem you're currently dealing with, I can guarantee you sleep can help with that. Tell me your problem right now. Wherever you are, just yell it out. Don't be shy. Yeah, sleep can help with that. So let's recap. What did we learn from this episode? Well, for starters, I believe leggings are pants as long as they cover all the important bits. Naps are amazing, and I'm not good at selling insurance. Also, your sleep can improve with several small doable changes in your daily routine. Start by installing a blue light filter on your smartphone or your other devices. Stop drinking caffeine after 1pm-ish. Get your body's 24-hour clock back on track by going to bed and waking up around the same time every day, even on the weekends. I want to hear from you. Tell me what topics you want to hear about on future episodes. And then subscribe to my podcast. You can go to commoncozypodcast.com, cozy spelled with a Z, not an S, and fill out the contact form. I would also love if you would send me your favorite napping story. I love a good napping story. And then maybe send me a slice of cheesecake. I'm kind of craving a dessert. Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy.